Our focus today is going to be on understanding the principle of self-manifestation. Write that down. If I was to be asked, what is my greatest advice to give you as a young man or young woman, it would be this message. People are not looking for you. They are looking for what you are carrying. And if you don't manifest what you are carrying, the world will ignore you. Because you exist doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Because you are on the planet doesn't mean that people are going to notice you. You can live an entire life and not be noticed by humanity. We can bury you in a cemetery and we would never know you were here except for that tombstone. And the reason is because most of the humans on earth live on earth but never manifest themselves. And so the most important goal in your life should be self-manifestation. Now this is how you know you're not living in your gift. If when the alarm clock goes off in the morning and you ain't happy about it, you ain't doing what you want to do. See, you're fighting upstream. You're going against what God created you for. If your job makes you sick to go to, if you're unhappy with waking up to go to where you got to go, it's because you ain't living in your gift. Some people are born to be teachers, caregivers, nurses, babysitters. Those are gifts. If you're living in your gift, you're cool. It's just if you ain't. If, like if you fry chicken better than everybody else, you should be somewhere frying chicken, man. If you do hair better than everybody else, you should be somewhere doing somebody's hair. Those are gifts. Telling jokes was a gift. They're just not just running, jumping. If you paint, you should be painting. If babysitting is what you really do, you should be babysitting. You're doing anything. If you fix cars, you work with your hands, you're supposed to be working with your hands. You do anything else, when that alarm clock go off in the morning, you ain't going to like it. Now, if you waking up and you going down there, they ain't paying you what you want, you hate your coworkers, you're down there, your boss has no business being your boss. I just never, I just never thought that anybody should be in charge of me. I always saw myself free. I just want to come to work. This is all I want to do. Bishop Jake said this, that I would hate to die and never do the thing I was born to do. You should look into that before you mess around and check out of here. Write this down, please. Discontent is the seed of change. In other words, you will never change what you tolerate. How many times have you said, I need to change this, you know? But you keep doing it. It's because you tolerate it. Whatever you tolerate will never change. So how do you break a toleration? Here's my advice. Write this down. You will never become what you could be until you become angry with what you are. Anger brings change. Your life is defined by what you hate. Can you write that down right now? Whatever you don't hate, you allow. And whatever you allow, you will never change. People say that God is love. And sometimes we use that to accommodate evil. But the Bible says God also hates things. The great King David wrote seven things God hates. Solomon wrote 14 of them. What kind of habits do you have? What is your secret habit? What is your public habit? you designing your future with that habit. We don't decide our future, we decide our habits. And 
Our habits decide our future. If you have a habit of watching television, your future is designed in that habit. So the power of a habit can control your destiny. So you got to decide your habits. I have a habit, for example, of reading the Bible every day. It's not a, some spiritual giant. I made it a habit. So if I don't read the Bible, I feel like I'm going through withdrawals. What a good habit to have. Prayer should be a habit. For most people, prayer is an occasional surprise. Or when things are falling apart only. Your gift will make room for you. Now what is your gift? It's the thing that you do the absolute best with the least amount of effort. That's your gift. Quit running away from the gift. Your gift will make room for you. Stop trying to be something you ain't gifted at. Nobody asked you to go down here and study to be a dentist and you ain't really good at that. Listen to me. All of you have this gift. Identify it. It's the thing that you do the absolute best with the least amount of effort. That's what you should be doing. You're wasting your time pursuing your passion. The Bible does not mention passion. It mentions your gift. What are you gifted at and do that? Stop tripping. You can do that. If you fry chicken better than everybody you know, you ought to be somewhere frying chicken. People make millions of dollars frying chicken. Popeyes, Kentucky Fried Chicken. El Pollo Loco. All they doing is making chicken. Somebody just started making chicken. You know the story of Marie Callender's? Do you know what this woman did, man? She worked for a diner, a greasy spoon diner that was going out of business. It was her only job. She was a single mother. It was her only job. She needed that job, but the diner was going to close. So she went to the owner of the diner and said, let me bake one of my pies. People like my pies and see if I can help you make a little money. He said, whatever, bring it in. He, she bought one pie in. They sold every slice. The next day, the people came in and asked for the pie. She had to go home and make another pie. The next day, so many people asked for the pie, she had to make four pies. Then people started saying, can I buy my own pie? She made so many pies at this store that she eventually saved her money and put a commercial oven in her house. She done made so many pies, the dude's shop, he ain't selling hamburger no more. All he's selling is them pies. That's how Marie Callender got started. Marie Callender now has over 120 restaurants. You can't go to no frozen food section without seeing Marie Callender in there. You know what she started with? A pie. One pie. What you become after today depends on what you do with this message. All of you in this room, I have good news for you. You came to this earth because there's something the earth needed that God hid inside of you. Everything in creation was created with a gift. Everything. God created nothing without a gift in it. It took me 30 years to make that one statement. Research, experience, my own life, studying creation itself. You were brought to this planet, set here by a greater power to deliver something that we need. God created everything with gifts. In other words, you are a package sent to earth to deliver a gift 
to your generation. You are obligated to us. You owe me what you are carrying. Whatever you were created to become, you possess now. This is a divine principle. What do you think your gift is? What did I say? Whatever you were created to become, you possess it now. In other words, whatever you were born to do is not ahead of you. It's within you. Because whatever you were destined to become, God has prepared you with it. The creator never places the future outside of a thing. Your future is not ahead of you. It's actually trapped on the inside. In other words, write this down. You came to planet Earth with your future inside of you. I say it this way. God hid your future in a place where he knew you couldn't miss it. A gift is the inherent capacity to fulfill a function that meets a need in creation. Every word is important here. Inherent means no one can give this to you. You came with this. No prophecy can give you a gift. A prophecy may stir it up. This session is probably one of the most important sessions in your life because you are still stuck looking for a job. You know what's good about gifts? You don't have to look for them. The dude that cut my hair, I met him in 1986. He cut my hair for $10. I remembered him. When I got on TV, I had hired him. He came out there, he started making $300 a haircut. I paid him 10. He had been with me so many years that he was making $1,500 per haircut. I was getting my haircut four times a week for television and touring. I paid him $1,500 each time. He was making $6,000 a week. You know what he was doing? Cutting hair. That same haircut I paid $10 for in 87. This dude was cutting it now for me for $1,500. I cut my hair off, but then let me tell you what he did. I paid him a chunk of money for being with me all these years. Gave him a severance pay. Told him, good luck. Guess what this dude got now? He got four salons and he owned two barber colleges. You know what this dude make now? 3.6 million a year. You know what he do? He cut hair. He don't do nothing else. That's his gift. Friend of mine we grew up with. All he did was cut grass. He had a single blade lawnmower that he pushed. He was so good at it, he could raise the blades up and lower them. He could cut patterns in your grass. We little, I'm going, hey man, we going swimming. Now I got cutting this Jackson grass. He could cut patterns in your yard. He could put your initials in your grass as a little boy. $2 for the front, $2 for the back. $4. We used to laugh at him all the time. Well, let me tell you what we're laughing at now. He got a landscaping company in Cleveland. You know how much this boy making? $4 million a year. You know what he do? He cut grass. He got 38 trucks. He got all the contracts in the city, malls, corporations. And when it's snow outside, he do such a good job cutting the grass, he put plows on the front of his trucks and he got all the snow removal contracts. This boy making $4 million a year and you know what he do? He cut grass. If you study all of our culture, all of our cultures, look at our cultures, they are built on employment. 
the employment destroys your gift it stops you even from thinking about it we have been damaged greatly by our educational systems because they have actually been conditioning us to believe that we are only here to find a job pay some bills and die matter of fact everything your parents tell you has to do with a job most of us based on our culture have been taught to go and find your future and so we are conditioned just to get an education to get a job and then work in a place we hate for 45 years and then they give us a clock to go home with to sit in a rocking chair to watch the rest of our time fade away this is what they call retirement it means you're tired so you are retired double tiredness do not go to school young people to find a gift single woman i promise you you'll never find your gift in education so make a note of this a gift can never be learned it can only be refined that's why you can go to college and get a phd and still be broke because education is not a gift you can actually go to school and spend a lot of money going through all kind of universities and never refine your gift because you took the wrong courses most people god forbid in this room went to college and studied the wrong thing because your decision to choose a certain area of study was motivated more by economic potential than personal fulfillment and so now you are depressed because you are not fulfilling your gift well educated and still trying to pay a phone even your career may not be your gift is what i'm saying and god may send this message to you right now to tell you it's time to change your career into your call i was speaking at a school once i was talking to the students principal was mortified with my message because I was telling the truth. I was telling the kids, your education is important, but your education is not the most important thing in your life. I'm sorry, it's not. Your dream is the most important thing in this world. It tops your education. It, your dreams dwarf your education. I said, and, and the principal came up on the stage while I was speaking, don't ever say that to my school again. Well, I'm just telling you, dog. You can save your kids a lot of pain if you ever talk to them about their dreams. You got to talk to young people about their dreams. See, it's not your education. The Bible don't even mention education. It ain't even in there. The Bible says a man without a dream or vision shall perish. If you talk to kids about their dreams, your dreams can spur you to get the education. But if you never find out what a child is dreaming about, you can't hold their attention. It's the dream, man. If you got a kid that want to be an airplane pilot, you can quit talking to him about education. Talk to him about being a pilot, how great it is, where he'll be able to fly. Then he'll do math, he'll do engineering, he'll go to science, cause he wants to be a pilot. It's the dream that's the biggest thing. People killing me, man, with this education. I ain't knocking education, but you can make it without education. I ain't got one. You know how many people got degrees ain't working? Ain't working nowhere. Now, if you want to be a doctor, lawyer, Dentist, stuff like that, you got to go get education. We're not talking about that. But you keep going to get all these pieces of paper hang on your wall. You got one degree, you ain't make it with that. Your life will never be a straight path. I began at Fordham University as a pre-med student. I took a course called the Cardiac Morphogenesis. I couldn't read it, I couldn't say it, I sure couldn't pass it. So then I decided to go into pre-law, then journalism. And with no academic focus, my grades took off in their own direction. 
I was a 1.8 GPA one semester, and the university very politely suggested that it might be better to take some time off. I was 20 years old, I was at my lowest point. And then one day, March 27, 1975, I was helping my mother in her beauty shop. There was this older woman who was considered one of the elders in the town, and I didn't know her personally, but I, I was looking in the mirror, and every time I looked at the mirror, I could see her, but she was staring at me. She said something I'll never forget. She said, young boy, I have a prophecy, a spiritual prophecy. She said, you are going to travel the world and speak to millions of people. Now mind you, I'm 20 years old, I'm plunked out of school. So when I got back to Fordham that fall, I got in and I changed my major once again for the last time. And in the years that followed, just as that woman prophesied, I have traveled the world and I have spoken to millions of people through my movies. I found that nothing in life is worthwhile unless you take risks. Nothing. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 read, but we have this treasure. Where is it hidden? In jars of clay, earthen vessels, your body. To do what? To show forth that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Lord have mercy. Because I put that stuff inside of you. What are you supposed to do with it? Show it forth. Manifest yourself. And what happens afterwards? It says, and we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed sometimes, but not in despair. In other words, no matter what you go through, the gift is still there. In despair, I lost my house. God said, but you still got the gift. The bank took back the car. I still got the gift. My girlfriend left me, but I still got the gift. Write this point down, please. The gift is the source of value to the created thing. Let me say it again. Your gift is the source of your value. Your value comes from your gift. So if you never find your gift, you will never be valuable to us. And your value determines how much you make in life. You get paid for the value you bring to the earth. Don't pursue money. Whatever gives you value is the source of your wealth. And sometimes people try to make money from their gift too early. My advice is give it away free. Because when you give your gift away free, it gets exposed. Even a drug dealer knows about this. They give you the first one free. You must be serving your gift. How many years have I taught? I mean, from I was 15 years old, the vision is teaching the word of God, never got a cent. And someone gives me $10,000 a day for speaking, you get jealous of me. I gave it away free for 15 years. You're trying to get paid, you even ain't there for 15 hours. Give it away free. Serve your gift. Volunteer. I was 27 years old, October 8th, 1985, Hilarity's Comedy Club. Walked in the comedy club, first time in my life. Won amateur night, $50. Drove 40 minutes home, cried all the way home. This girl I rode with, she said, why are you crying? It ain't but $50, you don't even understand. I'm born. She said, what you mean you born? I said, I, I know what I'm gonna do the rest of my life. She said, you ain't win but $50. No, I've been praying my whole life, God, what is it? My life gotta be more than this. I won that comedy competition. I went to work October 9th, the next morning, and quit my job. That decision cost me everything I had. I lost everything. I lost my family. 
I lost friends. I lost everything. I became homeless. I lived in a car for three years. But I just saw this, I saw this, I saw this vision. I just pursued it. I said, wow, that's it. You have to take chances in life. If you don't take chances in life, you'll never have the life God has for you. Life is about risk. If you play it safe, you won't have much of a life. Remember this. Life is risk. It takes it take courage to pursue your dream. I just did it. It cost me everything. God is very good, man, when he sees you take a leap of faith. He will supply what you need. He supplies you everything you need. Now, it's going to cost you something, but most people are not willing to pay what it costs to go after your dream because you're going to have to hurt a little bit. And most people don't like being uncomfortable. If you don't want to be uncomfortable, please do not pursue success because success is very uncomfortable. I learned to be comfortable being uncomfortable. If you can get that in your head, everything you've ever gone through, God got you through it. You didn't even realize it, he just got you through it. You can't name one thing he didn't pull you through. Well, I lost my mother, I'm still grieving over that. I lost my mama 21 years ago, I still grieve over it, but I'm here. You know, you, I got through it. You're gonna get through it. But you gotta take chance in life, man. Can't play it safe, y'all. You gotta jump, you gotta go for it. You will fail at some point in your life, accept it. You will lose, you will embarrass yourself, you will suck at something. Embrace it, because it's inevitable, and I should know. In the acting business, you fail all the time. Early on in my career, I auditioned for a part in a Broadway musical. Perfect role for me, I thought, except for the fact that I can't sing. I didn't get the job. But here's the thing. I didn't quit. I didn't fall back. I walked out of there to prepare for the next audition. I prayed. I prayed. And I prayed. But I continued to fail and fail and fail. But it didn't matter because there's an old saying, you hang around the barbershop long enough, sooner or later you're going to get a haircut. So you will catch a break. And I did catch a break. If you don't fail, you're not even trying. To get something you never had, you have to do something you never did. Imagine you're on your deathbed, and standing around your deathbed are the ghosts representing your unfulfilled potential. The ghost of the ideas you never acted on. The ghost of the talents you didn't use. And they're standing around your bed, angry, disappointed, and upset. They say, we came to you. You could have brought us to life. And now we have to go to the grave together. So you got to get out there. You got to give it everything you got, whether it's your time, your talent, your prayers, or your treasures. The question is, what are you going to do with what you have? I'm not talking about how much you have. Whatever your gift is, what are you going to do with what you have? Last one, secure the next generation. Have you noticed that every fruit gets seed in it? Every fruit gets seed in it because the fruit must maintain the future. That's my whole life. My whole life is to help people better than me. That's why I teach you so much. I, I, I want you to be great people. Ten keys to success. How to release your purpose. Number one, you must first understand your destiny. Number two, you must have a vision of your gift. See the finished product. Number three, believe you have the ability to fulfill it. Number four, you must live by the laws that protect that gift. 
be called on principles. Number five, you must have a plan laid out to go toward your gift. Number six, you must have the right people around you. Because there's some gift killers. Gift killers. There's some folks who are suffocators. Because they fail, they want you to fail. They ain't going nowhere and they want to take you with them. You got to be careful with the people you have in your life. And number eight, persistence. You got to handle the pressure to go after your gift. Because you live in a culture that doesn't want you to manifest your gift. The beautiful thing is when you manifest it, then all of a sudden they become your friend. Because they want to eat your gift. Number nine, you must persevere to bring forth your gift. Because you will always have resistance and opposition, discouragement, failures, but you got to keep coming back. And number 10, you must pray over your gift every day. Pray to the one who gave it to you to give you wisdom to manifest it. I pray every day about my gift. You pray for your purpose. Don't pray for food. Don't pray for clothing. You want to pray for your role in God's kingdom. Your delivery system. What you're supposed to bring to this thing. That's what you pray for. Oh God, show me how to do it. Revive it. Refine it. Define it for me. Keep it fresh, Lord. Let me see this purpose. That's what I pray for. The best things in life is on the other side of fear. It's on the other side of fear. But fear freezes people, man. The fear of failure freezes people. Suppose I don't do it. If you don't do it, you might, you might not make it. That's a for show. So that's just my opinion. That's probably not what most people share, but your dream, man, it's what you dream about. You got to dream about something so big that it dwarfs all your fears. The way you overcome fear is with your dream. You got to make your dream so big that nothing matters except that dream. You're willing to do everything that's necessary. Nelson Mandela said, there is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that's less than the one you're capable of living. Because taking risk is not just about going for a job. It's also about knowing what you know and what you don't know. It's about being open to people and to ideas. To not only take risks, but to be open to life, to accept new views, and to be open to new opinions, even though you're scared stiff. While it may be frightening, it will also be rewarding. Because the chances you take the people you meet, the people you love, the faith that you have, that's what's going to define you. Know your purpose, believe your assignment, document your vision, put it on paper. You were sent to earth to release your hidden potential. Hold a mango, seed in your hand, and see a mango. That's what vision is. You see the end result. Do that with your life. Submit to the right environment. Even though you see the mango in the seed, you got to plant that seed in the ground and give it water and give it nutrients. Your greatness could be destroyed by a wrong environment. The books you read, the people you are with, the places you go, the church you attend, all relate to what you become. Feed on the right materials. When you put that fertilizer on that seed, that seed gets happy. What are you fertilizing your life with? You spend five hours watching LMN. I mean, what are you feeding your vision? What are you feeding your gift? You go over these different clubs and all this stuff. God is saying, what are you doing? What are you feeding your gift? Give your gift time to develop. You'll never get mangoes from a mango seed in a day. Go through the process. Persist under pressure. 
When you plant that seed in the ground, all the pressure, the earth is on top of that. But the pressure is important for the seed. The pressure of your life tests the reality of your gift. Whatever stops you is how strong you are. Never be discouraged. Never hold back. Give everything you got. And when you fall throughout life, remember this, fall forward. Your gift is supposed to produce more seed. You should be mentoring people all the time to become greater than you. Produce others who will do great things. Serve your gift to the world. Then you are a great seed. Fish came from the water, they gotta stay attached. You came out of God. Don't try to fulfill your gift without God.